This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. It's been a week since the Federal Court of Canada condemned RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky for her failure to respond to the Civilian Review and Complaints Commission. The case revolved around an interim report from 2017, but in her judgment and reasons, Associate Chief Justice Jocelyn Gagne pointed to numerous other cases where the RCMP acted similarly and said, quote, It is in the public interest to have a police oversight institution that functions properly and is unobstructed. Unquote. One of the organizations applauding the court's decision to hold the police accountable is the Union of BC Indian Chiefs. Grand Chief Philip Stewart explained The recent decision calls into question and challenges the integrity of the highest-ranking RCMP official in the land, Brenda Lucky, in regard to her complete lack of accountability. On January 12th, RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky issued a press release stating, quote, I respect the federal court's decision that the RCMP's response to the British Columbia Civil Liberties Association matter was not provided as soon as feasible, as per the RCMP Act. In the past, there have been delays in responding to the Civilian Review and Complaints Commission interim reports, due in part to the number of interim reports issued, the scale and complexity of the cases, and the volume of relevant material to be analyzed. A 2019 Memorandum of Understanding between the Civilian Review and Complaints Commission and RCMP commits us to improving our service standards by providing a written response to reports within six months. We have made significant progress. In November 2021, we cleared our backlog of responses to CRCC interim reports, and since April 2021, all new interim reports have been responded to within the agreed-upon six-month time frame. This response did not address the concerns of the Union of BC Indian Chiefs. Indigenous people are alarmed at the escalating militarization of the RCMP. There was a time when the RCMP were given a very strong mandate to keep the peace, but we all know that that has transitioned into a very dark place where the RCMP are finding themselves as the enforcement arm of resource development, extractive industries, oil and gas pipelines, mines. And they're coming down harshly and with pronounced measure of police brutality in regard to the citizens of this province, of this country, that simply seek to protect the integrity of the environment the uh, watersheds, the riparian systems, wild salmon, and so on and so forth. We saw that demonstrated at Ferry Creek where the RCMP were brutally assaulting the people that were standing there in opposition to old growth logging, which the Horgan government promised to stop when they ran for the last election. And with respect to the Wet'suwet'en, it's far darker in terms of the full military assaults on the peaceful encampments of Wet'suwet'en people who are simply carrying out their right 
in regard to the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, the Dalgamook Stayaway case, all of these high court decisions have given them every right to protect their homelands from the predation of the industrial corporations that are out there wreaking havoc. The RCMP is a full partner in these assaults, which are gotten to the point where they're absolutely paramilitary in nature, where the RCMP are indistinguishable from the Canadian Armed Forces in terms of their weaponry, their assault gear. This has got to stop, and the RCMP need to be held to full account. The RCMP need to know and understand that they are not above the law and that they will be held accountable Climate change is a reality. The catastrophic devastation of flooding, wildfires, and those types of events are something that the good citizens of British Columbia are going to do their utmost to take proactive measures to ensure these things don't become the new norm. And they have every right to do that. Every British Columbian has a heritage stake in old growth forestry, they enjoyed it as children and their grandchildren have every right to enjoy the beauty and the function, the biodiversity that old growth forestry provides. Industry has overstepped its marks and certainly the RCMP are, if I may say, a way off the reservation in terms of their militarization and their brutality, they're acting with absolute impunity, and that needs to stop forthwith. I want to go back to the Delcamuk case and the authority that it gave to the hereditary chiefs. Can you explain that to my listeners? Well, in terms of the Delgamook stayaway case, it was absolutely a landmark decision in the historical jurisprudence of this country. It settled the age-old question of whether Aboriginal title still exists in British Columbia. And of course it does. The Delgamook decision described the nature of Aboriginal title as, as being something that extends to the entire nation, not to small, tiny, little Indian reserves and band councils. I would like to point out that it was the hereditary chiefs that took the Dalgamukka stay away case through the court system to the final victory in the Supreme Court of Canada. The Dalgamukka decision acknowledged and recognized the proper title holder as being the people themselves. And the people themselves need to provide their free prior and informed consent for all resource development projects, not a handful of band councils that have jurisdiction that ends at the reserve boundary. As I remember it, there was also a role assigned to the hereditary chiefs. The hereditary chiefs have a sacred duty and it's enshrined deep within their culture. It's an integral part of their culture that they are tasked with the sacred responsibility of defending the homelands, defending the integrity of the environment, protecting all of the subsistence values contained within the territory in terms of wildlife, fisheries, 
medicines and so on and so forth. And it's enshrined in their culture in terms of the potlatch and the giving of names. When a hereditary chief is stood up and given a name, along with that goes the duty to protect the territory and protect the people. And the Wet'suwet'en hereditary chiefs are doing exactly that. Band councils are creations of the Indian Act. They're a neo-colonial construct. And they're simply economic opportunists that are seeking to cut a deal with the oil and gas corporations, with the forestry corporations, at the expense of the integrity of the environment and all of the natural values that are held in high regard by the hereditary leadership, by the elders, by the grassroots people. So therein lies the fault line and the conflict And the hereditary leadership will not stand back from their sacred responsibilities, regardless of the whining of the band councils that are worried about not being able to exploit unsustainable and destructive resource development. We can't stand idly by and watch the RCMP transition into the goon squad for the Uh, corporations. And that's what's happening. They need to be held to account. They need to be taken to task with violating the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, the DRIPA, the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples Act here in British Columbia, the commitment on both of the federal and provincial governments to align all of the legislation and practices with the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Governments need to be held to account as as well as the RCMP itself. That's why the Union of BC Indian Chiefs applauds the court decision that calls into question Brenda Lucky and her very racialized uh, execution of her campaign against Indigenous peoples and the environmental movement who are are simply seeking to protect the integrity of the environment. You've been listening to an interview with Grand Chief Stuart Phillip of the Union of BC Indian Chiefs about why it's important to make the RCMP accountable. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.